Right now on Rock and Roll Grad School, Feats, Don't Fail Us Now, we're talking with Scott Sherrard from Little Feet. The band is heading out on a 45th anniversary tour celebrating the release of their classic live album, Waiting for Columbus. That's Rock and Roll Grad School, available right now wherever you get your podcasts, rockandrollgradschool.com. This is why, with your hosts, Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a Hello. Hey. <laughs> Hello. So how's it going over there? I know you have the storms and now... Yeah, we, we've had a... Um, oh, it's just been um, hell. I work as a... Um, uh, a therapist at a university college and um so I'm full-time there and then we've had we had emergency deep clean last week because we had a lot of COVID going on so it was like oh you know we've got to close the office everybody's got to go home so you know I had to notify everybody so that was one day and then the next day it was like five o'clock we got the message we're going to close because of the storm. So the storm was unbelievable. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, we had three storms, one after the other. So we had, they named them, don't they? We had Dudley, Eunice, and then Franklin, all one after the other. I mean, it was all just rolling into one. So we had winds of like 100 miles an hour. Um, and where I live, we get, uh, if a tree goes down, we get power cuts. It's, it, it, and we can be out for hours. My friend was out for five days. Wow. So I was quite lucky. But, you know, when when the power goes, there's no Wi-Fi. There's no nothing. You can't can't do anything. And I can't even get my car out of my garage because it's an electric thing. And Mm. we have a gate. I'm like, I'm trapped. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing to do but read. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that the Kindle is charged. That was the other thing. Yeah, (laughs) so true. So how did you get into wanting to get into working in therapy and offering that because um, it seems a lot of child actors go a bunch of different routes that's yeah. not one you often hear about um god it's interesting isn't it how, how or why I don't think it's actually that far removed you know as an actor you're working out what makes your character tick and now I try and work out what makes people tick <laughs> yeah not that different um yeah. but yeah you know wanting to do something that was bit more meaningful I guess you know not that acting is not meaningful but you know for a lot of actors you know you spend you know half of the year you know doing baked bean commercials or something you know it's so I and I didn't want to be living out of a suitcase forever so I wanted to do something different yeah and I guess too the uh the impact of your work is a little more immediate yeah yeah there's a less of waiting around yeah. to seeing how someone screws up the edit and <laughs> all that. Yeah, 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 you hope. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, and how often do the people that, that you work with realize who you are and, and the impact you had on the world as a child? Um, I don't know. <laughs> 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 They're not letting on. And oh. I'm, I'm not no. sitting there going, do you know who I am? Right, don't you know who I am? You're not so digging out your know. Mary Janes or anything. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes it it creeps in and they're aware. Um, not so much in my current role, because I think students are just not expecting it. So they're not looking for it. Um, 
but some are, you know, before where I, I was in an oncology setting before for the last seven years and it changed. But in the oncology setting, you would get people, you know, older people that would kind of go, you know, and they'd, <laughs> yeah. they'd do double take, you know. Um, yeah. So, but not so much now, but, um, you know, maybe they do. Maybe they all go back to their student digs and all have a good giggle. I don't know. Because of all the projects, you know, that you could have done that any actor does, you obviously never know is going to be what's the one that sticks with people. But this film is something that really has become ingrained that I loved it. My kids love it. Like it's just generational. It just keeps getting passed on and is something, you know, very, very special. Mm. Did you, I mean, obviously you probably didn't know that while you were working on it. Of course uh, not, no. No, you know, we were 13 at the time. So you, right. you know, and the internet, you know, had not been invented. So, you know, no, um, the idea that people would be, no, didn't compute. You know, I mean, I couldn't figure getting past the age of 20, let alone being in my 60s, you know, so thinking that this would be still around. I mean, if I'd known it was going to last this long, I'd have kept a diary. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Well, it's, it's, it's so funny because um, we were, I was just, we had a break here and I went with my nieces and nephews to a, you know, an arcade and a water park. And there was this giant machine where you put, drop the coin in and it pops out and then the cards come down and there you were. And I texted Luke, well, little did I know my nine-year-old niece spent all of her money on that machine determined to get your card determined she got grandpa joe she was happy with grandpa joe but then she was getting everybody else and she was determined to get Fruka. so at the end i said okay patty i have to tell you a secret and i want to let you know that i'm actually going to interview her this week well mind blown they just finished reading the book they just watched the movie i'm warning you i have a few questions from some nine-year-olds if you're up for answering them Absolutely. and i promise i'm, I'm really we sorry if I had one of those cards, I'd send one to you, but oh, I don't have one. You at least get a so, cut of that? <laughs> right, do you? Yeah. Uh, I kept hoping you did. I was like, oh, this is awesome. She's like making money off of this. No, uh, no, 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 I don't, no. Uh, Well, I do have a few. If you're up for a couple, I okay, promise. Okay, go for we, it, yeah. We normally do not have nine-year-olds craft the, the questions for us, but there were some doozies. So Patty, who is my niece, of course, um, was very lovely and kind with her question. And she was very concerned about you and wanted to know if you were okay after you went down the egg shoot. Yes, you can tell her. Uh, luckily, the furnace was not lit when I landed there that particular day. So, you know, there was nothing there, you know, a few cabbage heads and fish guts and that kind of, but no, it was, it was absolutely fine. Still a brave woman because fish guts would have done me in for sure. <laughs> Several people asked why you were so demanding and so sassy. Uh, I, I just call it assertive. I think that's a much better <laughs> definition. Words to live by. I call and it assertive. <laughs> you know, if you don't ask, you don't get. <laughs> right? <laughs> Someone and and um, why are you such a cold-blooded person? Or to be more clear, a bad nut. <laughs> yeah, and I think they probably want to say a few worse things than that, but you know, keep know. it nice for the airways. <laughs> um, uh, I 
I don't blame her. I think she was badly brought up. She's got terrible parents, you know. I'm a mum. I've got two kids, you know. I'd slap my children, not that I'm allowed, but, you know, maybe, maybe... (laughs) No, no. But no, you know, I mean, she was just spoiled and indulged by, you know, ridiculous parents, wasn't she? So, yes, um, I think the Oompa Loompas say, don't they? um, Who do you blame when a kid is a brat? Pampered and spoiled like a Siamese cat. Blaming a kid is a lioness shame. You know exactly who's to blame. It's so true. Yeah, exactly. Yes, it's so So. true. And um, other than asking, there are a few others in here, but the one that I really feel um, is, a, is an important one to ask yep. verbatim. How can you be so cute and so mean at the same time? Like, what the heck, girl? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't answer that one, can yeah. I? Can I? <laughs> I, you know, is that is that a boy or a girl? Is it's a girl. Boy? It's a girl. Yes. Yeah, okay. So somebody's got a bit of a kind of girl crush on Veruca, but yes. yeah, everybody does like the, the, the mean person, don't they? And I suppose there's the thing about Veruca is that maybe we'd like a little bit more of Veruca. It, you know, we'd like to be a little bit more like that, just saying what you want and getting it and getting away with it. I mean, you know, to the extent that she sort of gets away with it, but... Right. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm all for, you know, my role as a therapist is also about, you know, encouraging people to have a voice and have their own voice. Maybe not quite as loud as Veruca's, but. I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. But I think you're right. I think that is something, people in general, but as women and young girls and all of that, we do need to be a, have a little more of our inner Veruca yeah. come out. Definitely. And I think that's, Definitely. you know, there's, there's too much kind of people pleasing going on that we kind of go, Oh yes, that's fine. And then afterwards you go, it's not fine. I didn't want to do that. Why am I, right. why did I say it? Yes. And I feel like with you having played this role, this must be difficult in your everyday life. We were talking about this earlier when you go to the dry cleaners and they say, when do you want this by? Do you just have to be like, Tuesday's fine I don't just whatever I don't want to make a date right like I don't want to say it here please don't make me say it I I can't say those words you know when do you want it by Uh, whenever suits you (laughs) right exactly (laughs) I I interviewed Mel Stewart for another project and afterwards it was not related to the film and afterwards he graciously went out to lunch with us and for an hour regaled us with every single story from the making of that movie that we ever would have wanted. And I feel like this cast is one of the few where everybody really seems to get along, likes being around each other. Yeah. Was that always, was that the case on set when you were shooting or did it kind of come over time where people realized we created something special and that lightning in a bottle, we need to preserve this. I think, I think that's maybe 
some of the the charm of the movie is that behind it there is a there is a chemistry you know and we did all get along there was no you know the the person that was hardest to be around in the day was mel stewart because he was a sort of irascible shouty director you know we were all rather terrified of them um you know so he was you know probably the hardest to be around you know quite demand but not in later life you know he was you know we we met up and you know had some great dinners and things mm-hmm. um but no as the kids you know there we all were isolated in germany uh you know we didn't have the internet we didn't have cable tv so you talk you play you interact we were out i was on location for three months um the only one of course we didn't really interact with was uh poor old Augustus Gloop Michael Bolner because he didn't speak English and he lived locally so he would come in shoot his scenes and go home again you know he wasn't doing classroom with any of the other kids or you know staying in hotels or anything so yeah you know poor Michael probably didn't have the same experience as the rest of us but you know we all meet up when we can now and you know all get along really fine it's great fun and you you fall back into your old childhood roles again of who does what and you know the voices to me all sound the same you know we may look a little bit craggier but you know the voices are there no and it's a thing I can't remember I mentioned to somebody else but David Mamet always refers to it as movie camp because you go away somewhere you spend a short amount of time but it's incredibly incredibly tight-knit and formative and then you just disappear don't see each other again and you guys have had this great you know um gift where you can kind of stay in touch with everybody and see each other and see yeah no other movie gets that I mean you know we lost touch for 25 years and then thanks to the internet we were we were reconnected but yeah movie camp is the is is right because nobody else has that experience nobody else I can talk to speak to that knows exactly what it was you know if I'm talking about what we had for lunch or you know whatever it is or just anything minor you know we we had this common experience that you know binds us all forever (laughs) forever you know they are my family well in the common experience as we talked about with this particular film that lives eternally through so many other people I mean it's just uncanny we talked to someone from the Mahoning drive-in here yesterday. And he's so excited because this movie is going to be showing this season. And it's just so magical. And we, again, we didn't tell him that we were talking to you. He was just ecstatic about it. Yeah. It's, it, you know, and the, and the far reach that it has, you know, I mean, certainly different countries, you know, I get people contacting from all over the place. I'm thinking, wow, I didn't know it was translated there, you know, um, but you know, that's extraordinary. And then, and you know, different celebrities as well. People that I'm in awe of are then going, Oh, oh you know, were you really? And that's, that's, uh, that's so cool. Um, this Thanksgiving, um, Megan Kelly, was uh, over here in the UK for her birthday that got delayed because of the previous year and COVID and everything. Uh, people reached out, found me, and we had a little private party, a little private screening, and Megan Kelly was sort of kind of like a, a kid going, this is just so unreal. <laughs> you know, it was just me, her family, that was it. That's outstanding. Wow. Well, it's so fun when it's someone who carries themselves like a Megan Kelly, right? Yeah. To see them just turn yeah. back into that little kid and yeah. Yeah. all the walls yeah. it, come it, down. It, it was really sweet. You know, they she laid on a whole great 
party, you know, with a, a chocolate fountain and a cake and balloons and everything. And she was she was more nervous than I was. You know, <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. Did you keep anything from the film? I did, um, much to other people's annoyance sometimes. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, I was away from home and I didn't have my family with me. So I was a great one for souvenirs and scrapbooks. You know, I used to keep, you know, tickets and programs and that kind of thing. Golden so, tickets? Well, I did. <laughs> I did. I was thinking more bus tickets than anything. Right, sure. yeah, but I did. I did. I did keep a, a, a few um, tickets at the time. But, they, you know, they were of no significance that I mean I gave several away to school friends and uh you know we all know and we've all seen what they're fetching on memorabilia auction sites now I wish I'd kept a few more but hey the school friends out there making money off them (laughs) you people that owe me lunch somewhere right or dinner or a nice bottle of champagne or all of the above (laughs) and did I read that you're from Guildford Yes, right. Yes. Correct. So I spent a lot of time in Guilford. Frensham, I have very different. I lived in Purley. Frensham and Farnham, I've spent countless times there. One of our dearest friends lives in the old cottage in, in Frensham. And so when I saw you're from Guilford, I'm like, she's from my home away from home. <laughs> Frensham's one of my favorite dog walks you know, uh, around Frensham. Yes. Yes. And when awesome. we were kids, we used to go there and, and play. I don't know how we got there because we didn't have a car. So we must have got there by bus or something. But um, French and Ponds, you obviously know, but um, has a sandy beach. Yes. So it was kind of when on a good day, you could pretend you were at the coast. You could pretend you were at the, at the, the ocean. Um, and I am 10 minutes from Farnham. Oh, my gosh. Well, I have plans to be there in September, so I may see you at the pond. I may have to look you up. Call me. Call I me. will. I absolutely yeah. will. If you're open to that, I absolutely, absolutely. will. Yeah, I, um, I'm just further down the road. I'm in, um, for those that are of a literary mind, I'm in the Jane Austen territory. Oh, so. my gosh. Oh, it's a lovely yeah. part of the country. Yes. It's yeah. one of our producers and I went to visit our friends um, right after college, and that was our gift to ourselves because we've known each other forever. And we did the whole you know went to Chawton and all of it it was just lovely yeah so it it's beautiful so that. yeah uh, well you'll know exactly where I live and um it's very rural where I am I love it you know I love I have no neighbors I don't know how to phrase this without insulting everybody else but how, how did you get out of childhood acting seemingly intact um I think I was quite grounded um, and I think my mum had done a good job at, you know, uh, making me very grounded. I suppose also my, you know, my my family weren't showbiz, not at all, um, you know, very humble. My family were a bit more Charlie Bucket than Veruca Salt. You know, it was a single mum that was, you know, working several jobs to keep roofs over our head. And, you know, so I, I didn't, I, I think I was just... Um, I think I'd had kind of an old head on young shoulders, really. So I was never, I, I, yeah, I, and I think that's also probably some, some reason why I, you know, now don't want to be in the business and people say, don't you miss it? It's like, no, my um, drama teacher from when I was 12, um, actually we reconnected recently and we were talking about it and she said, um, it's one thing to be a good actor 
but it's another thing to be good at being an actor. Which mm. I, you think about that. So, you know, it's, I, I, like, I like the doing of it, but I didn't like the business part. Um, so I was never, I, and I sometimes felt that I suffered because of that, because I wasn't lovey enough. You know, you have to be a bit lovey to schmooze. I didn't like the schmoozing side of things. I really didn't like it. And I think that old, that old head on young shoulders tracks too, even in the way you portrayed the role and kind of what we were talking about with the layers of mm. her, because she could just be a horrific little bitch for yeah. lack of a better term, but everyone does love her and there are those layers so you had to have a little old soul in you to play her that way maybe I you know that's for you to judge I don't know I can't say that you know <laughs> but uh you know I I I did my best with it and you know I'm trying to be as mean as possible because that's what Mel Stewart wanted um but I suppose you know also there was the bit in me that was well brought up and and you know my mum not strict but um, you know she had standards and I think also back then you know being a single mom with two kids was very um, frowned upon um, you know we're talking you know late 60s it, it wasn't something you did so we had to be better than everybody because you felt criticized sure. so I had to be you know I had to behave properly otherwise there'd be somebody wagging their finger going yeah you see you see so yeah maybe you know it's all part of it isn't it that that makes it up it is it all plays a part for sure yeah what's your what when you sit around and and watch something for nostalgia's sake what's your film you pick to watch um gosh there is a film that I grew up on, but I have yet to watch it, even though um, a fan gave me a copy of it. But I'm not sure that I really want to watch it because I have a horrible feeling I might be disappointed. But it was the film that, you know, got me through some, you know, tough times in childhood was uh, with Hayley Mills and Maurice Chevalier. And it was a Disney movie called In Search of the Castaways. Mm -hmm. and, and I was so in awe of Hayley Mills. You know, she was like, you know my idol my heroine and I you know I wanted to be Hayley Mills um and weirdly enough my first job was with Hayley Mills so how, how <laughs> of course. Um, you know you know she was a child actress I didn't look dissimilar as a, as a kid people you know often used to say oh she's the new Hayley Mills kind of thing um but in search of the castaways was probably but I so I have yet I haven't watched it I've got it on dvd but I haven't, but one of the films that I absolutely love that just makes me smile and mm, I can zone out and just enjoy it is um, Midnight in Paris. With oh, so Robin good. Martin. Love it. It's love, so love good. It. Love it, love it. Yes, I would agree. The film's on regular rotation in our home as well. It's yeah, just, it's, it's just, so I love good. the music. I love the setting, mm -hmm. some great dialogue, great performances that just, mm, yeah. Yes, so that's probably. Keep and then waiting for that car to pull up and take me oh, away. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and you just want to be there, and you want to say, "Stay there and don't come back." Yes. Stay in that, you know. Yes. Um, and but brief encounter is one that always makes me ball my eyes out. That's mm. a, that's a good cry. Yeah, that's important. Oh. So, given the fact that this film has been a part of your life for so long, mm. and it's 
keeps reappearing in all these different ways. Does anything, any permutation of it surprise you? Because I saw on Facebook, they've named a salt truck in the UK after the character. There's Veruca Salt. Which is amazing. Like Heidi mentioned, the, the, you know, your your faces and carnival games. Like, are you ever (laughs) like, huh, didn't see that one coming? Or is just everything just like, man, this does not surprise me. there's always something new um you know so they they did the the one on bandit not that i've actually seen it or played on it but i've um, get messages from people saying hey i just won money on you so (laughs) who thought that would happen and then uh, there's a pinball machine um which i have in my kitchen um you know how can you not have a pinball machine that plays you right (laughs) i mean that's a must i'm assuming it screams i want it now it does when you get into that certain room, you know, and it does that and it plays all the things. So I love it, you know, um, and I was umming and ahhing and going, mm, yeah, whatever. And I'm thinking, who else gets a pinball machine? You know, this is just crazy. So, yeah. Um, and there's always something new that somebody's going, have you seen this? You know, a backpack, a, a, a coffee cup, a, a, you know, whatever it is. So, yeah. And I suppose one of the interesting ones a long time ago um we were in um new jersey for a convention round about halloween so there was the you know big parades and everything that would go on in in the city in new york and charlie bucket was traveling in to see his dad to visit him and he was on the subway in new york and five guys got dressed got on the train and they were dressed as oompa loompas <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't tell him who he was but he just asked if he could have a picture taken with him amazing and they because they would never have known who it was it's no. like oh, yeah, everybody was you know these guys on the subway there so i'm thinking i wonder if they've ever realized who that guy was right and then and i suppose the other thing is the accolades of um you know who's who's dressed up as me you know that you know people will say hey have you seen who's done you for thanksgiving or whatever you know when dolly parton did it i was like this is just insane (laughs) dolly parton in the red dress with the shopping truck cart and a golden goose and an egg and things like that it was like oh my god that's so bizarre (laughs) but she rocked it too she looked amazing I mean, she rocks everything. You know, Dolly can do no wrong. No. Well, Dolly, you have a have a major band from the '90s named for you too. So, yep. I mean, kind of yep. win on that one. <laughs> yep. I do. Yeah, a band, a pinball machine, um, a one-armed bandit thing, uh, a coin know. machine, <laughs> yeah. um, a gritter, as you said. Yeah, the, the yeah. gritter, the Bruca Salt gritter. So, what else is there? I don't know. We'll wait and see. Yeah, there's more coming. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, the salt truck's amazing. Like that's just, it is hands down the greatest name for a salt truck. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah, I'd love to see it. And I'd love to go and have my picture taken. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Quite a way up north, but yeah. So what do you have planned? I know you've got a bunch of virtual appearances at conventions and such. you have yeah, the memoir we've written. Got, we've, got a, we've got a couple of real ones coming up, which is you know the first time in two years. So that's so exciting. So I'm doing one in Manchester in the north of England. In fact, we all are. Um, and all being well, hopefully they will fly over the other kids and we will all be meeting up in Manchester. Um, we don't often do them in the UK. It's usually been very much uh, USA based. But mm. this one, they're coming over here. 
Um, so I have no plans at the moment to come back to the States, which I miss. Um, you know, it's part of my shopping trip. It's the only time I go shopping is when I'm over there. So, yeah, my wardrobe is suffering. <laughs> well, all of ours is <laughs> through this <Yeah>. pandemic. <laughs> No, I miss it. Um, you know, and I, I often do a, a little event with uh, Paris, Mike TV, and we do Alamo Drafthouse uh, theatre movie, um, theatre chain, you know, usually in September, and we try to get around and meet lots of people. Um, haven't done that now for over two years, so, you know, it's a shame, but I miss it. Yeah. Definitely. How did you have... Covid, exactly. I haven't been on a plane for two years. I shall just be so excited. Shan't care if the plane goes anywhere. I should just sit, <laughs> hang out. Yes, <laughs> airplane food and watch movies. I'd be very <laughs> yes. Exactly. Open the tray table. Close the tray table. Yeah. Wait, someone sit behind you and kick you just for yeah. further effect. Yeah. <laughs> Wonka, how much do you want for the golden goose? They're not for sale. Name your price. She can't have one. Who says I can't? for more information and to get in touch with julie on cameo and to order a copy of her memoir which of course is called i want it now check out her website juliedoncole.co.uk she's on twitter at real veruca salt and she's on facebook and instagram at julie don cole you can check us out on all the various socials be sure to visit our website and don't forget to leave us a review Today's show is produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant producers are John Sauvé and Sandy Stone. Our willing producers are Rachel Allen and Randy Jeanette. Our intern is Zach Jackson. This one's for Philippe. Thanks for joining us. Flash, we're coming home. If I don't get the things I am after, I'm going to... I want the works, I want the whole works Presents and prizes and sweets and surprises Of all shapes and sizes And now, don't care how I want it now Don't care how I want it now She was a bad egg Nigel, is that you? Are you here, Nigel?